0: Support for WPR comes from Lawrence University in Appleton, a national liberal arts college and conservatory, offering an engaging global education with funding for internships, research, study abroad, and more. Lawrence.edu.
1: Support for WPR comes from Stoughton Health, an independent community health care organization treating acute mental health disorders in adults age 55 and over, accepting many insurance plans. StoughtonHealth.com.
2: Zorba Pastor on Your Health is pre recorded.
1: From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on Your Health. I'm Carl Christensen, and I'm here with Family Doc Zorba Pastor. We'll spend the next hour with you in our virtual doctor's office. <laughs> Although, Zorba, we're missing the pull-tab machines. Have you ever been to a doctor's office that has pull-tab machines? Never, that, never, never. That's not a no, thing?
2: No, well, maybe in Las Vegas, but, okay. not, in, but not in Wisconsin. <laughs> not here. Not okay. in Wisconsin. I don't know where we- that came no, from. No, in Las Vegas. You know, then yeah. you pull the tab pull and tab. maybe you win the lottery.
1: It says malignant or benign, right? Yeah. When you pull <laughs> Malign- you, you oh, open God, it up. That's, that's, that's it. way too dark. It's Sorry. We'll just, edit that out later. We're going to talk healthy living. We'll walk you through a healthy recipe. Get to some of your phone calls and emails and some voicemails as well. And if you have a question for the good doc, the number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Three
2: And along with your calls, we'll discuss a few healthy living topics today, Zorba. Well, protein, and it's kind of interesting, interesting research. I don't really think a lot about protein when I'm thinking about my body, but how protein changes with your age. Mm-hmm. And frankly, a lot of us do not get as much protein as we should be getting. So we're going to talk about new information from the FDA that I think is important. And then cannabis-related disorders. You know, now that cannabis is legal in so many states, people are smoking cannabis. What about people? People have cannabis every day. Do they have a disorder? And are we not really looking at that in the right way because we're going, hey, you know, a little bit of cannabis. It doesn't bother me at all. Well, maybe it really does bother some people. Just like alcohol. We're going to talk about that the use disorder, and what is defined with that. Interesting. And what's our special recipe today? It's great. It's great. It's a one-pot taco soup. I happen to like tacos. I love soup, especially during certain times of the year. I love soup, although I eat it all the time. And this is a great, simple, easy recipe that I think is great for family and children. All right. To the phones we go
1: at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Let's help out our first caller now. This is a listener in Chicago, Illinois. Hi.
0: Hi. Thank you so much. My concern is actually related to uh, something that began for me about 10 years ago, and I'll just give you a Uh very brief background. So 10 years ago, I experienced my first ocular migraine, Mm
1: -hmm. and this
0: was without a headache, and it really came with some intense Uh visual kaleidoscope colors, you Uh name it, It lasted Uh about 30 minutes, followed by... Some really intense fatigue, but uh-huh. no headaches.
2: Did you get headaches when you were younger, when you were a kid? No, no, you mm-hmm. did not get headaches. No. So all of a sudden you got this visual disturbance. What did you think when it happened?
0: Oh, it was I. I could not believe what I was uh-huh. seeing. It was really alarming. Of I went course. down. I was, I don't know, thirty-five years old. So I went uh-huh. all thirty-five years, never having experienced anything like uh-huh. it, and went down a bit of a internet rabbit hole and realized it, it very clearly was what is titled, I guess, an ocular migraine. Okay.
2: So wait, did you talk to a doctor or anything about this? when it happened before you went down the internet rabbit hole or did you go down the internet rabbit hole and go, hey, and come out of it? I mean, you know, internet <laughs> is great with information. It was pre-AI, so let's talk about it. But did you talk to a doctor when you had this?
0: Not initially. Okay. Um I, I had just the one ocular sure. migraine or what I thought was. And then about four years later, I had maybe one each year. Oh, For the next four years, and then I got pregnant with my first son, Mm -hmm. and I had about five of them during pregnancy, and that's when I initially went to uh, my OBGYN, and um, she said it's harmless. We checked for high blood pressure, et cetera, and she said this is hormones that is amplifying these ocular migraines for you, and then uh, after the pregnancy, I didn't... They kind of receded. I only had maybe one or two again Mm -hmm. uh, for the next few years. Mm -hmm. And my concern is now, um, 10 years later, they are now becoming more frequent. Uh And the auras associated with them, whereas they used to be just visual, are now changing in nature to include some new types of auras. Um,
2: Such as what?
0: Yeah. Sounds? Intense vertigo. Uh Uh-huh is one of them. Mm -hmm. And the other one was olfactory, Uh um, smelling like burnt toast or burnt coffee beforehand. So I'm getting more often and different kinds of auras. And I'm wondering if this is something I need to go get checked out further. Well,
2: first of all, so how often are they happening when you say more often?
0: Um, About four times a year now.
2: Okay. So four times. And you've never had a workup by a neurologist at all. No. Okay. So here's what I do. Let's assume you're coming into my office. Hey, this is my office. <laughs> you're not coming into my yeah. office. Yeah. You are there. This is what Carl called the virtual office, right, Carl? Yeah, that's come right. Come on. You know, but yep. nobody checked her you in have with your like our goggles. And on. how about how about the insurance card? Come on, you come in the office. <laughs> that's you know, you virtual date, too. I mean it's your date of birth, your insurance card, what was your mother's last name? HIPAA. But it's not HIPAA compliance, so I can give you information and in others. So first of all, first of all, you ought to see a neurologist. And the reason is it okay. sounds like you have ocular migrants, But you know what? Sometimes the internet doesn't have all the information you need and AI is coming up and AI is going to be really important in terms of searching. I mean, I think of it as a dramatic breakthrough, which I think it's going to be, but still sometimes you need things curated. So going to a neurologist is a great idea. Now, Given that, let's assume, for instance, you have ocular migraines. I'm a migraineur. I get migraines. My first migraines are probably started when I was five years old, five or six years old. We didn't know whether my my mother just called them headaches, but mm-hmm. but they've disappeared over time. There are medicines you can take when you have a migraine. Now. If something happens four times a year, most people are not going to take a medicine every day to keep it from happening four times a year unless they're really disturbing. But sometimes it's nice to take a medication when the migraine happens. And there are a number of medications that you can use to stop the migraine. And the other part of it is you need to have assurance this is only a migraine. There's nothing else, which it does sound like that's all it is. It's been going for 10 years. History is typical. But I think a neurological consultation is a good idea because aren't you just disturbed by them, sort of worried about them?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it, yeah. It, it's alarming when they happen. It, it always is. Um, it's very disarming when they take place. Right. It's very Um, disarming. They are so disruptive.
2: No, they're disruptive and disarming. And the other thing is knowing what something is and saying, Hey, I went over here and the neurologist said it's this and that, that can be comforting. You go, Oh, you know, it's a migraine, I have to deal with this versus I don't really know what's going on here. So yeah, I think you should have a workup. No rush on this. It's been going on for 10 years, but that's what I would recommend. And once again, you may get some medications that stop the migraine sooner from happening. Or you may say, hey, I'm going on a trip. I'm going with my kids. We're going to Disney World. I'm worried I'm going to get a migraine. You may end up taking some preventive medication to make sure it doesn't happen then.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That well, would that be is
0: extraordinarily sound advice. I really appreciate it.
2: Well, you're welcome. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Dr. Garba.
2: You take care now. Thanks
1: so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's one eight hundred four six two seven four one three. 462 7413 all right, Zorba. Let's get to our first healthy living topic. Uh, new research out on how your protein needs
2: change as you age. Right, and and most people actually don't get enough protein. I'm now believe I don't think that I that's. Do. I think that's now the case. But let's look at at the age. What age do you think humans need the most protein? In their teens? No. <laughs> No. Sorry, when they're to... infants <laughs>
1: oh i uh, when they're sense. growing
2: that makes sense that's the fastest growing they need they need roughly i mean there's a number here don't memorize it 0.54 grams of protein per pound of body weight i mean that's oh. what they need okay so they need 0.54 grams adults need 0.36 grams that's the bottom line. So when kids are growing, when infants are growing, they need a ton of protein. Mm-hmm. And that's what milk is for. I mean, it's a, you know, it's got a sugar in it, you know, carbohydrates for that, but it's really a high protein thing and it's really important. Four to eight year olds begin to drop and then teenagers need a little more protein because, okay. once again, it's that burst mm-hmm. you know, of what they have. But when you look then at uh, middle school girls, they often don't get enough protein. And when you look at kids who are actually 17 or 18, they don't get enough protein. And when you look at adults, this data from the FDA, between the ages of 19 and 50, and that's a big age span, 19 yeah. is really young, mm-hmm. 50 is really young, less than 10% of the men don't get the amount of protein each day. I mean, they mm-hmm. don't get enough. And 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 women fall short too. And so the answer is if we're not getting enough protein, what do you do? So I've got – I really have some recommendations here and I think they're actually right. I think first of all, Google protein for your age and weight, okay? Put in your weight. How how much do you weigh? Put down your age. Mm -hmm. Put down how much protein. Put down FDA or FDA is what I would put in. And then figure out how much protein you should be getting. So do a little calculation. Then do a diary for the day. Write everything down that you eat one day. Typical day. If you're really into it, do it for three days because that will be better. Day one, you may do things differently because you're paying attention yourself. Day two and day three. And if you find out you don't get enough protein, figure out how to get more. So you can do it in a natural way. If you're a vegetarian, that's especially important mm-hmm. uh, because it's harder to get a protein when you're a vegetarian. Not really harder, but you've got to pay attention more to beans and lentils that have protein. You may add that to your diet. Mm-hmm. Or <clears throat> if you're an omnivore like I am, it's really easy to add more. You may add it with more meat and fish. Or you can go the simple way and buy a protein drink. Okay, And I've looked at these. So there are protein drinks at some uh, stores and shops. I won't mention any names because you can get them all They're easy over. to find. They're easy to find. Yeah. And the one that I looked at recently had 30 grams of protein with only 180 calories. That's less than a candy bar or a Coke. Mm-hmm. And you get 30 grams of protein. So it's a simple, easy way. It's this chocolate drink uh, that I've started to drink kind of almost every morning, and all of a sudden I've got a shot of 30 grams of extra protein.
1: Right, and there's big containers of protein powder that you can mix water in. And they're usually casein,
2: they're usually usually dairy protein, Mm -hmm. sometimes there's soy protein. So you can see if you're vegan, you can use the soy protein. If you're a vegetarian or an omnivore like I am, you can use the other. Mm -hmm. But I think this is an important issue because we need protein. We especially need it when we're sick, when we're ill, when we're exercising, let's mm-hmm. say you're exercising for a marathon, you need more protein in there. And I think we're actually, more and more of us are protein deficient. So it's time to step on the gas and get more protein. You heard it here, folks. Sorba <laughs> is pro-protein. Pro-protein.
1: 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 Three. Call anytime. Leave us a voicemail if you'd like. And let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener from New Berlin, Wisconsin.
4: I'm on a generic uh, beta blocker. And I've, I've heard that maybe uh, there might be a problem with some generic beta blockers as opposed to uh, authentic or uh, there's two types of generic. And when I asked my pharmacist about it, they Claimed there was only one type of generic, and I looked online, and the FDA has a list of uh, authentic or um, I forgot the exact term, but it means that the formula for making the drug is made, is used. uh, The process and the formula are both uh, used, whereas a generic drug may only use the uh, formula.
3: Thank you.
2: You know, it's such a good question. You know, uh, uh, Carl, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think the internet always gives you the right answer? <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> sensing a theme that. here today yeah, already uh, on there, the internet. There's, there's, the a rabbit little, hole. <laughs> there's a little theme here. So first of all, generics are tested. They've got to be tested for quality assurance. They have to go mm-hmm. through rigorous testing before they're approved. And the fact is generic drugs are just as good as, quote, name brand drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean – They are just as good. They have to meet the federal guidelines. And they're cheaper. They're like a tenth of the price. And then you see people and they go, well, you know, I take the name brand beta blocker, you know, which is, you know, propanolol. has been around for years. It was Inderol when it first started. It was the first beta blocker. And I don't even know if they make the the branded beta blocker anymore because it came out 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And people used to say, you know, I, I would write on the prescription. I do it electronically. DAW, which meant Disp- dispense as written. Okay. So they would go to the pharmacy, Dispenses written, it might cost 10 times as much, and the insurance company would then cover it, because I put that on there. Mm-hmm. Now the insurance company does not cover it, because they know it doesn't make a difference. Now... I the FDA uses certain guidelines. I really haven't looked at them, but there's not, quote, authentic one way and kind of like another way. Okay. It's not that way at all. It's got to meet guidelines for safety, efficacy, how much it dissolves in the stomach, and so on. So the bottom line is generics and name brand are just as good with certain exceptions. Okay. There's some drugs that are long-acting drugs, especially the drugs that are used in ADHD where there may be difference in dissolution of drugs that are once-a-day drugs. So there can be some differences. And the pharmacists are really up-to-date on when there are some differences. And that's especially between one generic and another when it comes to some of the long-acting ones. When it comes to a beta blocker, uh uh-uh, they're all the same.
1: So to put it into terms that I can understand, let's, English, can we talk English, about Doritos English, really English. quick? Doritos, you know how much Doritos, I love them. that's right. That's right. about that. Where are the
2: Doritos? Today? There aren't any Doritos here. I don't here. see them. You know, you ought to have them. <laughs> it would make a nice sound bite on here. And now we have Carl eating his Doritos. <laughs> the crumbs are just that's on right. my shirt right that's now. Right. They are not making Dorito breakfast cereal. Okay. I just want to <laughs> let you know that if you crumple them up, put milk on them, they're, I, they're not gonna, that's well, not going to work. I was going to
1: say, do you buy Doritos. Of course, I do. You of course d- I've had Do you Doritos. buy the actual Doritos or do you buy generic? No, like I do not buy generic the generic.
2: Doritos. Doritos. Uh, really? Oh, yeah, I never yeah. even knew there were generic Doritos.
1: Yeah, I think no. there's a lot of different companies no. that would make a yeah. Dorito yeah. knockoff. But that's and-
2: totally different. It's not quite the same. That's no, but that's different. But that is a right. different thing. It's not quite the same that's just taste with the taste. And, yeah. But when you look at the Dorito in your body as you're actually absorbing it and using <laughs> the calories, <laughs> it's going to be the same. In other words, the carbohydrate will say – five ounces of Doritos. Well, Mm -hmm. maybe you have a whole bag. A 16-ounce bag of Doritos is going to be metabolized in your body. You're going to have the same number of calories absorbed into your stomach. And most importantly, it'll be the same poop when you're finished with that. And so from a body point of view, it may taste differently. Garbage in, garbage out, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. 800. (laughs) Thank you for explaining it to me in English, Doc. Uh, Yeah. In Doritos. Well, when we talk about poop, people actually listen to you. (laughs) Yeah, people tune right in. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800. Sorry, Mom. Sorry,
1: 4627413. 4627413. All right. Before the break, Zorba, let's check in again with your favorite hand raisers, the Grammar Police. Oh no, it's the Grammar Police. Actually, Zorba, this one comes from a member of the Pronunciation Police. We love them. This is Barb, who sent the following message. Barb writes. Today's show featured a mention of the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. Tom mispronounced (laughs) it. So this was, you know, Uh a a bit ago here. Tom mispronounced it Uh and the good doctor tried to correct him. Uh But... Zorba was wrong himself.
2: <laughs> Zorba added, this is funny, Zorba added a sixth
1: syllable, pronouncing it ecclesiastes. That's, right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's ecclesiastes. Wrong. The, That's correct pronunci- the, correct, oh, the correct pronunciation is ecclesiastes.
2: Google it. Oh, really? Obviously, I didn't this is, know that. Yeah. You didn't well, I've, Ecclesiastes. I've you know, I'm not a Bible scholar. I know. But wait, no, I know. Let know a me a finish the email, okay, Bar, okay, Barb's right, email. Okay, okay.
1: Obviously, neither <laughs> man. Grew up in the church or read the Bible right. as this is common knowledge. Wait, but
2: I've, I've read the Bible yeah. on and off, but I've in church. It. No, that I, was church. The church is not. I just mispronounce it. Mispronounce so, it. what is common knowledge? Oh, that's, uh, that's debatable. I that think that's. That is debatable, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> so, it's Ecclesiastes, not Ecclesiastes. ecclesiastes. I knew that, yeah. I have to, see, I didn't know that. Why don't you correct me? Well, you weren't on the show. I was behind the window over there. The, yeah, yeah, but I should, was have in the booth. I should have, should have start knocked. should just started pounding on the booth like the graduate. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Knocked on the booth. Said, hey, you're Dustin Hoffman style. That's right. <laughs> All
1: right. Does Zorba need to freshen up his scriptural knowledge? Let us know by posting on our Facebook page or by sending us an email at Zorba at
2: WPR.org.
1: And really quick, Zorba, I just wanted to squeeze in a related email. This is from Tom okay. in Egg Harbor, uh-huh. Wisconsin, uh-huh. Okay. who writes. This is a bonus email. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a proud member of the Grammar Police and this is in all caps. <laughs> we serve and correct.
2: <laughs> I thought that was That's pretty great. That's really good. That's pretty good. We serve and correct. <laughs> you know, we've got to get an emblem or a badge that you can actually put on. A t-shirt. We oh, yeah. Had, yeah. We had a manufacturer... Grammar Police. And, they have it, and, then, and then during one of the pledge drives, you can get a sticker that says Grammar Police and you can put it proudly on, e, on proudly on and your correct. shirt. <laughs> to serve and correct.
1: <laughs> All right. We have a taco soup recipe coming up along with more of your calls, more emails, and more voicemails right here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. Carl Christensen in Buck Studio with Zorba Pastor. This is Zorba Pastor on your health. The number to call anytime with your healthy living question is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. But Zorba, before we get back to those callers, let's do our recipe. We got one
2: pot taco soup. Yes, yes. So uh So, do you like tacos? Yeah, sure. I love tacos. Street tacos, right? Love street tacos. Street tacos, yeah. that's right. And tacos in Mexico on the street, they taste Can't better that. than that. you, Kim. Yep. Can... But these are not street tacos. This is, this is, is a soup taco. Tacos. Pot not tacos. Not pot tacos, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, pot tacos. One pot now, tacos. Now, do your kids like tacos?
1: They love to actually love Were tacos. Your kids,
2: would your kids eat this recipe? They definitely would. They definitely would. Yes, the they would. And what's nice about this, it's kind of a plan ahead recipe. You can do it. You can cook it. You could put it in a slow cooker, you can get it done before. And I kind of like those, especially mm-hmm. when you have kids. Don't you have trouble like getting dinner on the table? It's with always
1: the, a scramble, yeah. You know, Lately we've been doing like a slow cooker beef yeah. sandwich thing yeah. which you just start it in the morning and by yeah. the time they get home yeah, from school. scramble. There's it's, something about yeah.
2: at the end of the day when you have to cook, if you have kids around the house, it's like, I don't feel like doing It's the last this. thing you want to do and it's, you know, it's the, the chaos. Thing. Yeah. yeah, You know, the morning. But anyway, you can do this chaotically or non-chaotically. So it's your it, choice. That's right. <laughs> so we start out with a pound of ground beef. One pound ground beef. That's right. One onion chopped. One onion chopped. One green bell pepper chopped. One green bell pepper chopped. One twenty-eight ounce can of tomatoes, undrained. In other words, you're going to use the whole can. All right. One twenty-eight ounce can That's right. of tomatoes, undrained. Okay. Now. The next thing is what I call a shortcut. Oh. Uh, do you ever use shortcuts? Never. Of course. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So you can use one or two packages of ranch dressing mix, and that would be great. Okay. Uh, next, a six-ounce can of tomato paste. One six-ounce can tomato paste. A half cup of picante sauce. Half a cup picante and sauce. And you can use any, you know, any kind, of a, any kind any, of a salsa. Yeah. Uh, a can of whole kernel corn undrained, or frozen corn would be fine. Okay. One can, whole kernel corn undrained. You know, I t- I don't know if you know, but I take corn every year from Muriel's Corn Patch. Muriel has actually been gone. It's the family. It's the Stoneman family corn, and they make the best corn in the world. And I make about – Mm, Thirty-two to forty packages of frozen corn that I have in my freezer. Have oh, you wow. ever done that? I've never done that. And then oh. you just eat it as the, the year it's goes so good. on. It is so much better. Do you kids like corn? Yeah, they're kind of
1: lukewarm on corn. Does your wife like corn? Eh, I don't think we're a corn family. Oh well, corn on the that, cob is great, is, but like I don't know, something about having it already. I gotta you know, tell you,
2: this corn loose. is the best <laughs> corn. Hey Brad, do you like corn? <laughs> He's, he, he loves just points corn. At his finger. In high school, he, it was his a first good job,
1: he used to shuck corn actually. He, shucked, he would pick it, uh, not pick shuck corn, it, just he'd pick it. Shuck yeah. corn. You would yep. be
2: careful when you use the word shuck. Sure. Uh 2 cans, <laughs> 2 cans of pinto beans. 2 cans of pinto beans. and I beans? would drain the pinto beans. I okay. would drain those. those gotcha. because you've got a starch which will tend to make with uh, this will keep the pinto beans have more flavor and texture. Uh, 2 cups of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2 cups of water. Mm-hmm. Now, no. what kind of water are we talking? Just regular canned. That's right. Now, on the side, we're going to have salt and pepper to taste, some tortilla chips you're going to use, and some grated cheese. Sounds good. Let's okay. make this. Okay. Brown the corned beef, onion, green pepper in a large pot. Drain it. Add all the other ingredients. Simmer for an hour and serve it with tortilla chips and shredded cheese. And you can put this in a slow cooker. And, of course, you can use it. Do you have an Instapot? Yes. Yeah. So in an instant pot, you just had saute. You know, you push the button, you would mm-hmm. saute. You don't have to put it anywhere else. Go through all of that, then put the other stuff in, and then use it as a slow cooker and it's done. That's you know simple. Yeah. It's totally simple. And you could actually do it the night before if you wanted to. Yep. Or early in the morning. Then you've got food when your kids come home from work yeah. or you're tired and you feel like seeing reruns from Seinfeld for the fifteenth time oh, yeah, see Kramer screw sold. things. And you know it doesn't ever get old. <laughs> it doesn't get out of old. But this is a great recipe. If you'd like a copy of this recipe, mm-hmm. go to our website, Zorbapastor.org. That's Zorbapastor.org or of course through
1: Facebook. Back to the phones we go at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's help out a caller now in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi.
4: Hi there. Hi, Dr. Zerba and, and Carl and everyone for having me on. Thanks for having me
2: on. <laughs> and hello to um, you, too.
4: <laughs> I have a question that involves what I have is um, cryogenically frozen my child's umbilical cord blood Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, and, your, and the uh-huh. um, associated stem uh, um, embryonic stem cells uh-huh. and um, natural killer cells they're called. Of, uh-huh. of, uh,
2: so you had some um, cord blood frozen after your child was born.
4: Correct. The uh-huh. child was born, they medically collected uh-huh. it, uh-huh. sent it to a, a facility where uh-huh. they cryogenically froze it and gotcha. have, that was in your Two thousand, so it's the
2: year very, the year two thousand, quite a bit of yeah. uh, a bit of time ago. So, how's your yeah. kid? You've got a twenty three year old child, right?
4: Yeah, Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, my, my my child now um, is non binary, so hopefully I don't. Uh-huh. I, I slip up <laughs> the pronouns, but um. So when when they were born, though, uh, we got the cord blood, and then recently I was diagnosed with um, type one diabetes, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, triple negative metastatic breast cancer.
2: Okay. So you're so you're triple negative breast cancer and you have diabetes. Gotcha. Got you. Got correct so. type one. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing pretty good actually. Mm-hmm. Um but I was uh the immunotherapy they were giving me I for lack of a better word, I'm allergic to it. I guess so right.
2: I you had side sort effects. Sort of attacked from it.
4: my my sure. lungs, and sure. so I was in the ICU right. for a couple of weeks. So
2: that's oh, pretty
4: That's bad. what kind of led me to looking into high doses of vitamin C as an as an alternative. Because with triple negative breast cancer, there's limited options for treatments, right. and fortunately, the chemotherapy works with me, but they had to take off the immunotherapy.
2: Very difficult. You have to make some very difficult decisions. So, uh, so. Um the umbilical cord you have a question about that or?
4: well, I read some medical journals that um oncology um, oncology mm-hmm. journals and things that talked about really promising treatments with umbilical cord blood more specifically that one that I read about and there may be other things that I don't know about and pick your brain and see if you know anything but was the separating the cord blood being rich in these these um, lymphocytes called and natural killer cells that are kind of specifically anti-cancer and Uh anti-tumor that they can separate out those and do an immunotherapy with those cells and Uh I'm wondering what could you tell me about that and is it a is there any viable options or future options that you see on the horizon that
2: might help you? let's let's look first of all at the future options so what we don't know now and what may be the case in the future there's a lot of stuff that we think of with stem cells that we don't understand we don't really understand we know a little we know a lot about cancer I was going to say a little but there's so much that we don't know about cancer in the first place and sure. uh, and there're T cells and B cells and these are white blood cells they're called killer mm-hmm. cells they work uh, to get rid of uh, foreign, foreign uh, immune system issues within our body. And immunotherapy is sort of the way to go with cancer. Can we look at those cells and say, how are they protecting themselves? They've got some of our DNA and they're growing, but they're really foreign in some ways. They're not doing a good job. And immunotherapy has been the biggest breakthrough you know, with cancer over the last certainly 30 years. And it's been something we've been looking at for 50 years. You know, because I did, when I was a a graduate student, we did research on exactly this, and we've made some breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. We have a long way to go. And as for using cord blood, uh, it's speculative. There's nothing out there, from what I've read about it all, that's anything that's going to be useful for you to use in what you have. It's not there yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, with CRISPR therapy, it may be something that's there. We know CRISPR therapy was approved, for instance, for sickle cell anemia. It's the first therapy approved by the FDA for a known disease that can actually help it to genetically modify it. And certainly for cancer in the future, that's there. And there's lots of research, believe me, a whole bunch of research from the US, from the National Institute of Health, by drug companies for a breakthrough, but the breakthrough is not there right now. So I don't think this cryogenic umbilical cord Therapy is going to do anything for you uh, that that is medically stable that we know of. So
4: you know, is it worth continuing to pay to preserve the blood for possible? Like yeah, that's what i was saying. Like, it's,
2: how much do you pay to keep the blood there?
4: It's it's very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it's actually a gift from grandma and grandpa. So uh-huh. um, I think they pay like under a few hundred dollars a year.
2: Uh-huh. Well, first of all, you know. Who knows in the future what the future is going to bring? We can't really predict the future. Right mm-hmm. now, I would say there's no evidence, so why continue with it? And then the other part of me says, well, if it's not that expensive and I really want to hold on to this in the future, why don't I just spend the money to do it? You know, we waste money on a whole bunch of things. You know, we oh, get right. Hulu and we never watch Hulu again and we pay like, <laughs> you know, $12 a month. <laughs> You're smiling. Right. Well, You're smiling. might
4: even be like $50 a month and, and I'm like, that's... Some people just go, well, you know, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's what I mean. So, you know, look at it as paying, you know, you know, you know what are you going to pay to stream something that you never watch? So you've got to mm-hmm. put it in that. That's how I think of perspective. You're, and so, Carl's I think is yeah, a good yeah, way to look Carl's at it. Carl's not smiling. You know, what do you pay for that you don't use that you forgot about right. there and you have it? So, you know, if it's inexpensive, then, hey, you know, maybe five years from now, something will come up. And then you say, God, why didn't I pay for that? That's kind of the way I would think about it. But right. if it cost me $1,000 a year, I would say, I'm not going to spend $1,000 a year. It's really not there. So there's a price point and then just make that decision like that. Right now, there's nothing there that would be useful from what I understand. Mm. And you've got to be careful. There's a lot of quackery in the field with stuff like this. A lot of people that want to take your money – and mm-hmm. don't have anything that they give you a value. And some of them aren't scrupulous. They just want to take your money. Some of them actually have a different view and they think and they believe this is alternative medicine and their heart is in the right place, but they still take your money. So you gotta mm-hmm. think of it and make a wise decision for you and your family. So sure. that's it. And congratulations, you saved the cord and now your kid is twenty three and <laughs> how neat is how neat is that? Yeah,
4: I know. They, they grow fast. They <laughs> grow
2: fast. That's right. That's right. They grow fast. Yep. <laughs> well, you take care. Thank you so much for your
4: Thank call. Thank you so much for your information. I appreciate it. You guys have a good day.
2: You too. Bye-bye. You too. Thanks. Take care.
1: Bye. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, before the break, Zorba, you may be surprised by this, Zorba. (laughs) But our listeners don't. Surprise me. Come on. (laughs) Our listeners don't always agree with your Sage Radio wisdom.
2: Sage. Most Rydia. of them do, though. But, but I think of a sage as somebody with gray hair going down his back, you know, going down the back, and a long beard. Don't you, have you think a pretty about good that? good no, though. That's you know, but a sage, a sage mustache. You've got to have the beard, and then you've got to be up in Tibet in the mountains, <laughs> up where you're in the, yeah. sort of sitting in lotus position, and you know, tell me what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? Something unimportant, something really important, yeah. like you know, the stock market or the, sure. the race or generic Doritos, whatever. It's, or yeah. generic Doritos. <laughs> Anyways,
1: let's fire up another edition of disagreeing with the duck
2: disagree with the duck disagree with the duck oh oh oh
1: oh oh <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I should have added your voice to that. Yeah, I some, wish I could sing. Do some
2: harmonies, maybe. Yeah, maybe on that. I should take singing lessons so I can find another to sing. It's never too I late. You to be able to sing when I was a kid, but a really young kid. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I was a high soprano. High I know soprano. you'd be shocked because you know I'm a baritone, but <laughs> I, I was a high soprano. I, I was a high soprano. All
1: right, let's This is <laughs> the following let's message. Let's move on. Okay, that's to my the job, right? Part. Jump in. So that's your job. The following message, Keeping came
2: Keeping me on track. Via our Facebook page. Don't get page. off to a side.
1: <laughs> Go ahead. This is from a listener named Gail. In Lake Mills, Wisconsin, Gail writes, "Hello, Doctor Zorba. I'm a long time. Hey, yep, I'll be Gail. Hi, I'm a long time (laughs) listener, but I have to let you know that I disagree with something I've heard you recommend. Okay, I've heard you tell many people to take a leave for relief of pain. I do." I've Mm -hmm. been diagnosed with colitis after suffering with diarrhea for almost a year. My doctor asked if I was taking a leave, and Mm -hmm. I did say that I Mm -hmm. often take it for chronic back pain. Uh Not every day, but often. Mm -hmm. I do only take it in the morning. Mm -hmm. He said to stop taking it, and then it could lead to chronic diarrhea. Mm -hmm. So I quit taking it, and within three days, Mm -hmm. no longer had the chronic Uh diarrhea. Mm -hmm. So there are side effects Mm -hmm. from this drug, and Mm -hmm. for many
2: people, it is not good for long term use. Uh Thanks for your show. Uh, with every drug. She's 100% correct. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, anti-inflammatories are more of a risk factor because of kidney dysfunction. And there's a certain amount of gut dysfunction with anti-inflammatories. There are a lot of GI bleeds that are caused by that. She's 100% correct. But many people can use it on an occasional or regular basis. And that's where you have to look at the effects and the side effects and weigh it with every single drug. But she is 100% correct. And Thank you for bringing that up. I think it's an important thing because we think of – we sort of think of drugs even like Tylenol mm-hmm. as being you know safe and easy. Well, it turns out Tylenol in large doses, especially if you're an alcoholic, can cause liver dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And Tylenol was thought of as pristine for a number of years. Everything you take in your body that's a drug can have side effects and you want to weigh the side effects against the effects and makes a good, a good point. So thank you. Do you disagree with the good doc? i leave it to you to post on our <laughs> Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at <laughs> WPR. <laughs> O R G You oh. know you are such a punster.
3: Oh. you know, that's it's just you know it's gotta be hard. Sometimes. It's gotta
2: be hard for you to get to sleep at night. Because you're just thinking about all the puns that <laughs> yeah. are going on. And you start laughing in bed and waking up your wife. You yeah. know, some people are snoring, they'll go, Why are you laughing? Well let me tell you about well, the pun I just I'm thought. I'm watching jumping sheep and there's you know, there's a pun there. There's gotta be a pun there.
1: Z's something. You come up with it this time, huh? No, about? no, no. I'm not
2: I'm not a, I'm not a punster. You missed your calling. I did. You need a website, punsters.com. <laughs> we'll we'll look into that. More
1: of your calls to come, more of your emails, and voicemails too, all coming up on Zorba Pastor on your on health. your health. From PRX. From PRX. Carl Christensen in Buck Studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor. You're listening to Zorba Pastor on Your Health. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 7413 that's the number to call anytime leave us a voicemail but before we get back to our callers let's do another healthy living topic we're talking about cannabis now and some side effects some chronic right, side effects right. potentially you know
2: there's some issues with cannabis so you sort of think of it as uh, innocuous like you know it's not the same as alcohol which it isn't of course and you know now that it's legal in a number of states and of course it's medically available in a huge number of states now and it's become much more socially acceptable in a variety of places, you know, we think of it, well, it's cannabis, it's okay. And the reality is anything that is an inebriant that you use on a regular basis is an inebriant that you use on a regular basis, whether Mm -hmm. it's cannabis or alcohol. And there is something called cannabis cannabis related use disorder. And I think it's important to think about this because um, we have a friend who came to our house, you know, a couple of years ago, lived in California, and he has some chronic back pain. And when he was at the house, he had a vaping pipe and he continued to use it. Mm-hmm. He was at our house. He came to visit us mm-hmm. for an afternoon. And, we, and I said, what are you doing? He said, well, you know, it's good for my pain. You know, I do it all the time. So the reality is, may be good for his pain, but he may have a cannabis use disorder. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to look at, at sort of what has been described as that. So I want to go through this. And the fact is the disorder requires two or more criteria of these within the last 12 months. There can be a mild use disorder. In a, but I want to go through it because I think it's kind of important to bring up to people. So first of all, you can Google cannabis use disorder and DSM, which means the Diagn- Diagnostic and Statistic Manual that's used, number five, DSM 5 used by psychiatrists, but I think it's important. Okay. So, number one, using can, and once again, you don't have to have all of these, but you may have some of these. Using cannabis for longer periods of time than intended, or using mar- larger amounts that you in- intended to use. So, in other words, you know, like alcohol. Hey, I wanted to have a drink and I'm having five drinks, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, using it more. Unsuccessful in reducing or controlling the use. In other words, I want to stop uh, oh it's okay I'm going to stop tomorrow the next mm-hmm. day spending a great deal of time getting or using cannabis or recovering from its use a strong desire or craving to use it all the time right mm-hmm. using craving makes sense you know so you know social impairment due to cannabis use so um I had a relative won't mention his name but <clears throat> he was stoned all the time he definitely had a cannabis use disorder and he didn't go to his son's college graduation which mm. was two hours away, mm. he said to his wife, you go. I can't go today.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, that kind of It's like a motivation. Issue no, there. well, that's it. Yeah. Continues to despite, you know, this precision giving up or reducing time spent in important activities from because of cannabis. So you don't do things like that. Using it in physically dangerous situations. How about driving a car? And that's a real issue because Mm -hmm. you're driving a car and you're stoned. You think, well, I'm stoned. You know, it's not the same as alcohol. The answer is no, it is. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just important, and I only bring this up because there are a number of people, because cannabis is now freely and legally available in many states, who are now developing this use disorder and don't realize it's analogous to alcoholism. Mm -hmm. So I'm not talking about the occasional use, I'm talking about people who use it every day and are with it every particular day. And that actually can produce lots of problems, social problems, physical problems, psychological problems. And we don't know what the long-term physiological issues are. We don't know whether or not using it every single day for 20 years can produce lung cancer. Maybe yes, maybe no. People ask me that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Heart disease, uh, when we look from a tobacco point of view, it's not lung cancer that gets you. It's premature stroke and heart attacks Mm -hmm. and COPDs. So we don't know what's going on here. So I think occasional use of cannabis is like the occasional use of alcohol. Mm -hmm. I think that's just fine as long as you're not driving a car. But if you're using it every day, you got to think again.
1: And this is not really pushing back here, Zorba, but I just want to bring up real quick. Sure. I I, I pick up what you're putting down here. Yeah. But also, you've said on the show for years yeah, and years, right. it should be studied more, right? Oh, of because course. this is beneficial for a lot of people yeah. for certain yeah. issues. Yeah, oh, it's hundred
2: percent. It's yep. good for chronic pain for some people. It's good for 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 people who have depression. For some people, PTSD, it actually. There's all PTSD. kinds of uses. There are all kinds yeah. of good things, and the feds still have labeled it in the same category as heroin and cocaine, mm-hmm, right. and that that does not allow good research to be done. Sure. and it's regulated more than oxycontin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oxycontin is regulated less than cannabis mm-hmm. and the feds and the DEA with a stroke of a pen in the executive branch of our government could put it to level three instead of level one, you know, class three instead of class one. And all of a sudden you could have all this research that's done on cannabis and the reality it should be done because it can be very useful. And that's important to point out. 800-462-7413. That's
1: one 800 462 Seven four one three. All right, let's go back to the phones now. Let's try to help out a caller in Newton, Kansas. Hi.
3: Yes, I've been dealing with restless legs for about thirty years or so. And oh, wow. I'm wondering if you have any secret answers to that.
2: Secret answers. So restless legs can be just awful. Carl have you had restless legs or I a little bit or anything? Absolutely
1: do have uh-huh. restless leg uh-huh. syndrome. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. lately what's yeah. actually helped a little yeah. bit is stretching. Right before I go to bed, right, stretching really my good. legs. That's a, that's a very good
2: point, me. and that, that made a difference. Not for, you don't have to spend that much time stretching your like five your legs. minutes, you know? Yeah. Stretch so that is, hamstrings. That has made a difference, and and see? So, I have like
1: a little um, massage gun, like a percussion uh-huh. gun, I guess yeah. you call it, like a massager uh-huh. thing, yeah. and I'll massage my legs with that, stretch out with like a band, uh-huh. you know? So thing. you're
2: really working on this.
1: Yeah, every uh, it's a routine now every night before uh-huh. bed. It I makes do it, that. And it's definitely helped quite a bit. So
2: Carl's the doc right here. What do you think about that? Have you done that?
3: Yes. I, I, in fact, I have uh, I spend about 10 minutes on a bicycle oh, every evening okay. before you go to bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, then I have, I've also, because well, I take medication too, a refinerol.
2: What do you take? What do you take one, for it?
3: One, and that's up to two and then three and I'm four milligrams now. And every, every quick. It takes mm-hmm. about an hour and a half before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And that's very effective at night. But I get them, you know, like sitting around in the afternoon does um, heat, is, heat is the worst thing on my on my uh, leg muscles. Mm-hmm. That, that instigates it immediately.
2: Well, first of all, you could talk to your doctor. You can also you can take that drug more than once at bedtime because the drug is used for Parkinsonism. So it's used, uh, I'd have to look it up, it's either every 12 hours or every 6 hours or every 8 hours. I don't remember exactly. But it's not just used once a day. So number one, if you're using Requip, like you said, you can use it, uh, twice a day or three times a day—that may work for you too. Let me ask you a question: What do you do? Uh, what do you do for a living?
3: I am actually eighty-five and retired. but God, you um, don't—you
2: do. don't sound like I, you're eighty-five at all.
3: Well, hey, well, uh, maybe I'm fifty-eight. I'm not sure. I, I do have a problem with. Uh, uh, transposing my numbers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you're like me, at sixty-seven, seventy-six, sixty-seven, It doesn't make that much of a difference. So what did you do for a living when you were working? Uh,
3: I was, I was a farmer.
2: Oh, you're a farmer. So you're out. I'm so you're a farmer. So you're well muscled using your muscles all the time. I mean, it's a working job. It's a working, how long have you had restless legs?
3: I'd say at least thirty years, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been a problem, and I, I was on different medications. I have used um, essential oils as well, frankincense, but, but it, it's it's erratic. I mean, sometimes it helps, sometimes it does not. So it's, it's not something I can rely on.
2: Right. So during so the issue is not the bedtime issues right now. It's really the daytime issues that are bothering you.
3: You're right. Yeah, it, it does uh, occasionally it bother, not. To, uh, well, it's, it's this thing again about heat. If I cover with too many covers uh, because it's cold in the evening, then right. uh, I'll wake up at two o'clock and my legs will be moving. They won't be painful, but mm-hmm. they'll be moving, and so I, I uh, refresh myself with cool air, and then we're good again. Yeah. So, so
2: it's heat on there. What do you wear when you go to sleep?
3: Uh, none of
2: your business. None of my business. But but that may good answer. Sorry to be but that may affect you differently. So if you wear uh, shorts, it may affect you differently. If you're naked, it may be differently in how you sleep. If you wear tights, you some people wear tights when they go to sleep. Other people wear pajamas. So what you actually have on your body when you're sleeping, how heavy the blankets are. Sometimes getting a heavy weighted blanket can be useful for sleeping. Uh, Sometimes a lighter blanket is used for sleeping. Sometimes it's your pillow. So, you want to really look at sleep hygiene and alter that. And use I mean, there are many, many different things that you can do to alter what's on your body when you're sleeping, how many pillows are in there, and whether there's enough circulation in the room. And once again, using the medication. But during the daytime, I, if you're bothered during the day, I talk to your doctor and say, you know, it still bothers me during the day, and I'd like to take this pill twice a day and see what that you does. Know, it's so erratic. It
3: can, it can bother me when I've been. Sitting on a like a sofa and my like my thighs will warm up and that'll that'll bother. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, and uh-huh. sometimes if I get up walk for two minutes and come back, I'm good for another hour. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so, you know, uh, another another thing you may want to do is diary this. So you know, when it bothers you, put it on a calendar, did this, did that to see whether or not there's a pattern. Uh-huh. There might be a pattern like, gee, you know, I sit around, I was watching something on TV or I was watching a Packers game, although you not, may not be a Packers chiefs fan. Game. Well, come on. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot say the word Chiefs. <laughs> okay. It's not possible for me to say Chiefs. That's why I said Packers, not possible Chiefs. It's right. not a word that my <laughs> other would allow me to say. But anyway, um, anyway, getting back to it, you may discover that there's a pattern. So you may discover there's some days because you're sitting around more doing something differently that you take this extra pill because you want to see if there's a pattern involved. It may be random, in which case you may not want to take a pill unless it really bothers you and it may be that. But for the nighttime stuff, once again, alter what you're doing with sleep and how you're sleeping and that may make a difference too.
3: Thank you very much. Yes, I I do. I have a practice of in the evenings I'm sitting around. I wear shorts whether it's twenty below zero or whatever. Right. So it 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 does help if I don't have too much light covering. Well, it's very it's very
2: interesting. So some people like to have shorts and like to be you know cool when they're in bed. Uh, And I that was the way my my wife always was always you know wanted to be there. Was I like to be warm? I have to go to bed and I have to wear socks and then I have to wear something warm on my legs for some odd reason. I don't I really don't mind cold weather, but that's the way I sleep at night. We're all very individual, and I have no idea why, but you've got to pay attention to what works for you.
3: Absolutely. I understand this. I'll, I'll do my own sleep study, okay? You
2: got it. You got it. So, thanks thanks so much for your call, and I have to say one thing at the end. Go Pack Go. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey,
3: thank you much. Gentlemen. You take care. All right. Take bye care. Bye.
1: Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800- 462 7413. All right, before we head out today, Zorba, as you know, we get so many questions from our wonderful listeners, but we also get voicemails from folks who just want to share a comment or a health tip. Mm-hmm. So it's time for that segment we call Caller Comments. This is a bunch of caller comments, people calling us with their health tips. Thanks, we appreciate it. We do. We appreciate we it, do. right? Yeah. We do. All right, Zorba. First one comes from a listener in Arkansas.
3: I heard a, a comment, one of your comments, about when to take uh, your vitamins or meds in morning or evening. And I have started taking my multivitamins in, at bedtime. And I will wake up more refreshed than ever. Just a multivitamin at bedtime instead of in the morning.
2: Thank you. That's a good idea. What do you think of That's that? That's interesting, tip. isn't it? That's a good tip. So whatever it is, the vitamins are absorbing into his body. He feels much better in the morning. Take it. Uh, the main thing is when you take – some pills have to be taken in the morning uh, on an empty stomach. Certain pills, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if they're prescription pills, some people – some pills can be taken anytime. Some pills are better taken at nighttime. Many pills, it doesn't really matter. And the most important thing is to take it on a regular basis. But I like that idea. I like I never that thought too. about taking a multivitamin at night. Maybe I'll – be refreshed in the morning it certainly is worth a try i'm gonna try that i Mm -hmm.
1: like that idea all right finally zorba this one's from a listener in wisconsin
0: hi i was just listening to dr zorba and he was speaking about oils and which ones can be heated higher he forgot all about the two very most important ones one is grapeseed oil and the other one is avocado oil both of them can be heated to i believe 465 degrees without turning carcinogenics thank you i enjoy listening to his show
2: Good point. Uh, they don't turn carcinogenic. It's nope. not as, it not at all. You know, eat oil and it's carcinogenic, then stir fry would make you sick and you die of cancer. Because it's hot. The hot, hot. Yeah. they're they, they just deteriorate. They're not okay. as good. And it's the smoking point of the oil. Right. So it might, it might catch fire and then burn your house down. But they're not, <laughs> they're
1: not, that's a bad side effect. They're
2: not carcinogenic. So don't get the idea that if you burn it too high, you're going to get breast cancer, colon cancer, prostate cancer, lung cancer, lymph. FOMA gallbladder cancer. I could just go just on and on. I'm okay. going to list all the cancers you can get. You know, <laughs> okay. Head and neck cancer and toe cancer. There really okay. is no toe cancer, but Mental. it won't taste good. But the answer is good. And you can look up, you can Google oils and see what high smoking point is. You know, I mention it because my son Eli is married to a woman from China, Sichuan, and they commonly use a peanut oil, and mm-hmm. that's commonly used uh, in Chinese food, certainly in Sichuan, and I suspect probably in the U.S. Because it has a higher smoking point, so you can get it hotter when you're stir frying. But good point, avocado oil, and as you said, all the other oils that have a high smoking point. Do you have a tip for the show? Oil, bet you do. Just send us an email at... No. <laughs> Zorba at WPR.org. We
1: we're all waiting for that. Where's that email? Our website, whatever it is. Uh, should we do this again next week,
2: Zorba? I think so. Are I you think sure? it's a great idea.
1: <laughs> right. Oil
2: you ready. Oil you ready. <laughs> there you
1: right. go. If you missed anything during the show or you just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web. At zorbapastor.org. And of course, you can find us through Facebook. And don't forget, you can call us anytime. 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 That's our bit now. We Mm -hmm. do the anytime bit. So leave us your question at 800
2: 462 7413.
1: Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It is not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is me, Carl Christensen. That's right. Our technical director is sitting right over there in the booth. His name is Brad Kohlberg. Hooray! Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidrin. I'm not sure where they yes. are. Probably in New York right That's now. That's right. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Carl Christensen asking you to join us on the next Zorba, Zorba Pastor, Pastor on Your Health. health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's Healthy Living Articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.
3: From